Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Point of View. For today's episode, I'm excited to sit down with one of our company dancers, David Odenwalder. This is David's 10th season with the Alabama Ballet Company, and you've seen him on stage in roles such as Roper in Agnes DeMille's Rodeo, Hilarion in Giselle, Gurn in La Sylphide, A Witch's Revenge, Bluebird in The Sleeping Beauty, and Von Rothbard in Swan Lake as well as The Soldier Doll and Cavalier in George Balanchine's The Nutcracker. You've also seen him in Twilight Tharps in the Upper Room, Yuri Killian's Six Dances, Sir Frederick Ashton's Le Patineur's, Anthony Tudor's Lilac Garden, and George Balanchine's Allegro Brillant, and many more. Join me as we chat with David and get to know him and his point of view. Hi, David. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I know you're back after a little bit of a break from Nutcracker, so... Yes, a very, very small break, and we (laughs) jumped right into everything. (laughs) Let's start by letting everyone get to know you a little bit more. Tell me about your background and your history with dancing. Awesome, yeah. So I started dancing when I was three. Uh, My sister wanted to learn how to do a cartwheel, and so she wanted to go to dance classes, and she is older than I am, so my mom brought me there as well, and then they saw me moving around and being very crazy, and they are like, you should put him in dance classes. So I started with gymnastics, then moved to an all-boys class where we did ballet, no, we did tap and jazz, and then I was, I, um, they quickly saw the, the natural talent that I had, and I, because I was able to pick things up much faster than the other boys were, and then so they moved me to a competitive class where I danced um, twice a week, and then uh, from there, I then went to the University of Cincinnati where I graduated with a, a degree in ballet uh, and then got a job here, which is pretty exciting. And you're originally from Massachusetts, yes. correct? So you went moved to Cincinnati from there and then down to the south. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. a little bit of adjustment, I'm Yeah, sure. it, it was really funny. The, uh, the, the first experience I ever had down here was at a grocery store and someone asked me if I needed a buggy. And I thought... <laughs> I was thinking Amish country. <laughs> I was like, no, I just need a shopping cart. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> same thing. It's the same thing, yeah. Tomato, tomato. Yes. Okay, so what is it like being a professional dancer? Like, what does a typical day look like for you? Um, it's it's very much the same all the time. I, it's uh, one of those things where it's, it's very consistent. Uh, I wake up in the morning... Um, like sometimes I, if it's on a Monday or Wednesday, I teach in the morning. So I teach before coming to the ballet. Then um, every day we have a ballet class, uh, which is like our hour, 45 minutes to just get ready for the day. Uh, we have rehearsals till five. And then I teach till either eight or six that evening or don't teach. And then if I don't teach, I then go to the gym and then have dinner. And then go to bed. And then repeat. And then repeat. <laughs> That's a busy day. Yeah, but it's a lot. It, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's it's one of those things where, like, as as athletes, we 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 have to be so focused mm-hmm. on on our art, on our profession that you kind of just you have to streamline it as quick as possible. Yeah. Like my breakfast is the same breakfast every day. My lunch is the same lunch every day just to ignore the variable so that you can just streamline and be all focused on that. 
Keep it consistent. Have a regimen. Mm-hmm. So speaking of what you eat, do you have any favorite go-tos for breakfast, lunch, snacks that you have here on hand in the studio or anything? I'll, like, protein, like, I, I eat a tuna fish sandwich for lunch. Um, Cheez-Its, always have Cheez-Its. <laughs> uh, protein bar of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like a, I think the one in my bag right now is chocolate mint. So it Delicious. tastes like a thin mint, but right it's on. tons of protein. Um, lots of water. Um, breakfast, it's it's an egg and toast and other other stuff. And then dinner is everything. Chocolate. Always chocolate. Oh, yes. So, you have to have something sweet. <laughs> <laughs> balance. It's yes. balance. So you've been here for 10 seasons now. And like I said in your introduction, there's a lot of roles that you've had the opportunity to perform, not only here with Alabama Ballet in those 10 seasons, yeah. but in your career before you came here. And... Of those, do you have any favorites that you've gotten to perform so mm-hmm. far? Yeah, my, my favorite was um, when we performed Twilight Tharps in the Upper Room. Mm-hmm. I was a, a ballet boy. And it, um, it, it was one of those cool uh, full circle things because the first time I ever danced for a professional company was with Cincinnati Ballet. I was a trainee there. And that year, they did in the Upper Room, so I got to learn it. And... Like, the music is so cool, and um, dancing to exhaustion is something that I really enjoy. It's one of those weird dance mentalities where I enjoy suffering with a group of people. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you, you don't, like, like it's it, it's good suffering. Like, right. it's, it, it's exhaustion, but you're so happy, and you're just, like, it just feels so good. And so that was that was one of my most favorite roles, and I was so excited that, I actually got to perform it here, um, which was incredible. And that's that, that that was one of my most favorite roles that I got to perform. Are there any that you'd say were the most difficult role that you've ever performed? I'd say that that was also it. it that was also one of the most difficult of the, roles. Because the physical demands. With of the it. physical demands, it's a it's a twenty it's a thirty minute ballet where you don't stop dancing from the beginning to the end. Uh, it's nine nine segments. Um, as a ballet boy, I did I did one. Th- I did all the odds plus plus I did or I did all the odds, and then maybe one or two I did not do. But then at number nine, it's everyone, mm-hmm. and we repeat the ballet so it's back double to back. time. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 constant. It's um, in at Twilight Tharp one, all the dance like uh, the upper room was supposed to showcase all types of movement, so it wasn't a strict ballet vocabulary which we're used to. It was mm-hmm. more of a there's sometimes I'm doing yoga poses. There's like the stompers are doing tap steps and they're doing like martial art work and right. so y- y- the it, it was both a, a physical game and a mental game. Plus with the whole entire theater uh, smoked out so it's kind of foggy and then everything's black so you're you get confused you're like okay where's front now so it's it it was both mentally and physically challenging which I think made it more so rewarding because it's such a a feat to accomplish Mm -hmm. and when you accomplish it it's like someone that runs a marathon for the first time it's like once they pass that 26.2 like miles and and they're done you just like it's exhilarating like like you're exhausted but at the same time you're just like 
oh goodness, I could do that like again. And you're like, my body <laughs> can't, but I want to. Yes, yes. the thrill of it. Mm-hmm. So before a performance, um, I don't know if you're the type that gets nervous or not, but if you do, how do you channel those nerves? Um, very difficultly. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there's been shows where I've been a nervous wreck. And I like, um, and I have my, my, my partner is usually like, David, breathe, breathe. <laughs> You're going to be fine. <laughs> um, like, uh, dancing with Ari one time, she used these, um, percentages. She's like, okay, just, just dance 75%. <laughs> um, or cause, cause it's one of those things that it's like all this energy is bottled up and, and especially with we're, we're dancing 35 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And then when a performance comes we only get one one weekend of show, so it's like all that four weeks of thirty five hours of rehearsing into four shows. Us as dancers, as semi perfectionists, we want that to be our best show. So there's there's tons of nerves that inundate your body, and you're just like, okay, okay, uh, okay, focus. Let's go over the choreography. Like <laughs> last minute checks. Like make sure you're like you're sewn into your costume. Your shoes are tight. Like they're ready to go. Um, and so it's 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 hard. But I also feel too, which is that weird moment as well as it's like you're so nervous up until that point, and then when you have to go on stage, it's gone. Mm-hmm. So it's like all for nothing. So like, then you use those <laughs> nerves as your energy then at that point. Yes, because then, cause then it, you become not necessarily robotic, but that like your whole mental game of, oh, no, what if this happens? What if this happens erases, and you just do it. And that's, and, and that's why we repeat and, and have so much repetitions because Tracy and Roger want our bodies to just do it, not... Trust me, like, oh, what if I this happens, mm-hmm. or oh, this is gonna happen? It, it like just almost make it very, like, not necessarily. I don't want to say mechanical, but very like this is like your body is, just goes into automation. Mode. Right. So as we've touched on, ballet requires so much of both mental and physical strength. So I know you said you you go to the gym almost every day, but how do you stay strong both in and out of the studio? It's a it's a very tough balance. Um, because especially for the guys where we also have to do a lot of lifting, we also have to strengthen our upper body. So that's, we're doing a lot of um, outside uh, cross training to uh, keep our upper bodies strong and also to, to either build on that strength um, or just maintain it. And with seven, having such demanding days at the ballet, it's a weird balance to make sure that you can still push your upper body at the gym so that you can... Uh, so you can achieve your lifts mm-hmm. that you want to, but at the same time, not fatigue your upper body so much that when you come to come to rehearsals, you're unable to because your body is, or because your uh, your arms or your legs or your body is just too fatigued to do that, and you kind of get in trouble. <laughs> you don't get in trouble, but it, 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 it doesn't look best on your part because right. you can't be like, sorry, I was... I'm a little at- sore today. <laughs> <laughs> I was like having a really good workout at the gym, and I just, yeah... It, sorry. <laughs> I don't think your partner would appreciate yeah, that either. No, no, they would not. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a tough balance, but, um, like, well, uh, for a lot of our stuff, it's like, uh, how, how I help that is I do more, um, endurance lifting. So I'm doing lighter weights and higher reps, which, uh, uh, allows my, 
body to slowly build the strength, but it also never necessarily fatigues my muscles so much that I can't, that, 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 that they're shot for when uh-huh. I have to do a rehearsal. And also, I tend to go to the gym in the evening um, so that I have the whole day to tire up my body at the ballet and then I just try to push it harder at the at Right, the and then recover before the yes. next day. <laughs> so David, you're also heavily involved in our outreach programs and that includes our Dance Discovery program especially. But I wanted you to talk more about outreach and your involvement in those programs and kind of how... Um, how you've been able to get involved in the community and use your talents and your skills to translate to younger audiences as well. Yes, definitely. Am. It's, it's been a, a blast. I, I started with um, City Dance probably eight years ago, so I've been doing City Dance eight years. It's, um, it's funny to, to, to see, because I've done multiple schools within the Birmingham um, city, and I've also gone to schools gone to a different school, then came back to the school, and to see the kids, because we usually see them in about, they're usually kindergarten to third grade. And then so this one time when I went back to Glen Iris, um, some of the kids that I saw when they were like kindergartners or first graders were fifth graders. Wow. And um, we were, we, we were, I was with my current first to third graders um, there, and we were dancing in the hallway. We um, have very unusual dancing arrangements sometimes of the schools, but the kids are just happy to be moving, so it, it doesn't matter. And I saw some of the kids from like two years ago, and they were like, "Oh, Mr. David!" Like they like they remembered, they remembered. me. Um, it's always it, it's always fun, and they and they enjoy it so much, uh, which is wonderful. And for those that don't know what dance discovery is and city dance in these programs, explain a little bit more about what those are. Yeah, so um, for our dance or um, city dance is a program where uh, dancers from the ballet um, Alabama Ballet go to uh, different schools in the Birmingham area. We do uh, two eight week sessions um, in their after school program where we teach them. Uh, either ballet or just dance in general. And then at the end of those two eight weeks, we have a, a final performance here at the ballet um, studios where they get to perform what they learn to their parents. And these are mostly inner city schools in the area that don't otherwise have the opportunity to experience the arts mm-hmm. and dance, which is great. Yeah, and it's during the after-school program, which the kids love because they're usually in the cafeteria, um, either doing homework or coloring, and this allows them to to do something, um, like what you have said, not that they're able to, to, to do, but also to just, um, that, that after-school care can be a long time that they're not doing anything active, and mm-hmm. I think doing something active is what they're all very excited about doing. Yeah, and then um, with Dance Discovery, uh, it's, this is one where we, as of right now, we go to libraries during the summertime um, and we teach um, just about the daily life of a dancer. Um, and uh, last year we, we did 11 libraries within uh, Birmingham City and then also in some of the neighboring cities. And um, it's been very fun because a lot of these stu- uh, students, a lot of these um, children have not seen a ballet before or they've not seen a tutu or they've not seen... Um, point shoes or like known that there's male dancers in ballet Um, it's always one of the funniest things that I get when I walk into these um, either with dance discovery or uh, city dances they go 
I thought this was ballet. Why are you a boy? And I go, well, boys dance too. And also most of our, like, most of our story ballets are are similar to those Disney fairy tales, uh-huh. and you need a prince. <laughs> right. Like, Cinderella can't save herself. Sleeping Beauty, like, so she's asleep. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, um, and so it's one of those, those wonderful things where we're constantly educating people, and especially for both those programs, we bring it so close to, to these students and these young people that they're able to, um, grasp and actually touch it like um for we allow them to like hold the point shoes during the dance discovery and they can like feel the costumes and see them up close so they get a a much better understanding for the art that we do and it's um especially wonderful too because a lot of stuff in dance we almost kind of assume that people know it and unfortunately we're not that we're not that fortunate to know that these people don't don't completely understand. Right. So having like a one thing that I always do is we teach them miming. Um, in ballet, we do we do not speak, so you have to understand what our hand gestures mean. And if you don't know, it just looks like someone is flailing their arms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always good to to understand. And then also too, which I think is very relatable in the South and Alabama and a, a football country is to country, a, f- a football state is to know the demands of it. Um, as a, as an art form, we're supposed to make it look easy. And so when we show them how hard a point shoe is and how they are like banging it on the floor and trying to do these uh, tricks that dancers do, like I always, if there are boys in the, in, in the uh, room, I try to, I, I ask them to do a, a tour and yeah. so they try to jump in the air and do one rotation. I go, okay, now, here's a challenge. Can you do it and go around twice? And they try. Um, I've had one, one, one boy actually did really well for a double oh, tour. Oh, nice. Um, it's usually not the case, but he was... He, he was he the was, exception. He was the exception. He was, he was taller, probably played basketball, so he has a good, good jump. Um, and, and then I do it with ease and they go, oh. That was a lot more difficult yeah. than I thought, yeah. And, and I think that's one of the wonderful things about doing these outreaches is, is they then understand, oh, this is actually something challenging that they are doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you make it look easy, it for a lot of people in, in our day and age, it, it, it's, they seem to get less interested. Right. And so in having them see the actual demands and how we make it look easy when it's actually very hard, I think gives them more respect mm-hmm. for it. And there's and more then, of an appreciation for and, that. Oh, most definitely. And then that then forms a person that is interested. And that's that's what we always strive for. Um, to become a professional dancer is very challenging. So I think mo- most of our mission is to gain respect and to build people that appreciate it, not necessarily the next dancer. Like we, we still always look for that because we're looking for talent to continue the profession, but we're also are just mainly looking for people that respect it and want to be a part of it. Um, as an audience member. And sometimes it's not even just the children, it's the adults in the room and the parents that sit back and they're like, and they kind of have that moment like, Oh, like I didn't realize. And then, so we're educating through these programs, all different ages and uh, groups of people, which is 
amazing to see. Mm-hmm. And we've even had some of the um, like city dance uh, families come to our performances because of these programs and yeah. get to know you guys more. And they want to see you on stage. Mm-hmm. And they want to see what it's like to perform yeah. and do your job. And so they, they, I think, gain that appreciation and that knowledge, which is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And not only with outreach, but you you were a teacher at the Alabama Ballet School as well as in other outlets outside of the school, um, and you're involved with the Alabama Ballet Tapper. So you're you're a very busy guy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you're very involved. So talk a little bit more, too, about what that's like being a teacher and teaching dance to younger generations. Yeah. So that's um, very fun. And I'm, I'm very fortunate with the classes that I teach are – the elective classes, um, being a, an RAD syllabus school, their ballet classes are extremely regimented. And then so teaching their, their elective classes, I teach uh, modern and jazz at the Albion Ballet School and I teach tap for the adult tappers. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to then take their knowledge, especially in the ballet, in the um, Albion Ballet School classes, to take their knowledge and then manipulate it to make them become creative movers, um, which is surprisingly difficult <laughs> um, in, in a great way. But when, when, when your training is so, so strict on this is classical ballet, which, which it has to be, that's, the, that's the, the, one of the beauties of the art form, these young dancers have a, a, a vast vocabulary of dance movement in their body and they don't know how to do it in a creative different way Mm -hmm. um so with my classes I get to then make them take these basic ideas of vocabulary that they have of dance and then manipulate it to make them look goofy and weird which is like obviously they're not they don't look goofy and weird but But they they feel that way they feel that way and especially when they start but then as they as they grow, and, and that's another one of the wonderful things about me teaching all the elective classes is I teach the students from grade four all the way to their um, senior year of high school. So that's at least six years, because I think it's, yeah, or maybe 10 years, actually. Whoa. Um, so it's, it, it's one of those incredible things where I get to see that, I get to see that progression, because mm-hmm. a lot of the teachers, they teach one or two levels, but they don't have that person after that uh, in, for, for most of it. As they um, move up and... Yeah. So I get to, I get to really see the, their progression as a, as a mover. Um, and their growth and their, they gain a lot of confidence, I think, as mm-hmm. young dancers too. Yeah. And it's, and, and they enjoy those classes because like I get to, like in jazz class, we play more current music. Uh-huh. Um, they don't like the a little bit of music. a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that's one of the those wonderful aspects about that, and definitely seeing them blossom into these creative dancers. Because um, it's not just about it's not just about the tech the technique of their mo- of, of their movement, but also what comes from inside of how they of how they want to project their movement, which is also always more important. Right. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me today and letting everyone learn more about you. Everyone be sure and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify to be notified when the next episodes come out. You can also visit our website at alabamaballet.org to get more information about our company, this podcast, and also read the blog version of this episode. David, thank you again. And until next time, thanks for joining us.